every company will be a lightning company because if we are doing this financial, uh, this move to more financialization of applications, there is no better system in the world than the lightning network to facilitate that kind of transactions. With the you know the, the global reach of the lightning network, the near zero fees, the instant settlement, all these benefits of lightning enable it to be um, the best choice for companies as they're looking to increase the the fintech aspects of their application. Essentially because you can secure your Bitcoin um, with, with words in your head um, or uh, encrypted on, on your phone or through, through a, another device, it's much harder for someone to try to steal your money from you. Um, whether you're talking to, to folks in, in El Salvador um, that are like uh, formerly concerned about uh, like gangs and, and cartels and such, um, but also uh, simply from like cash management. Um, if you're dealing in the in the marijuana industry, for example, uh, because you know, this entire industry was was unbanked or certainly underbanked, uh, they were dealing in just massive amounts of cash um, and like trying to do payroll on a monthly basis to all of your staff is like a crazy operation where you really have to be thinking about security. Um, so, so that's one piece. Bitcoin answers that extremely well. What's up, Sats fans? Welcome to another episode of Swan Signal. I'm your host, Sam Callahan. I'm the lead analyst at Swan Bitcoin. If you care about your financial future, you need to check out a couple of our offerings, including Swan IRA and Swan Private. Swan Private is our white glove concierge service where you get a trusted partner on your Bitcoin journey. We offer all kinds of education and research projects, as well as exclusive events to our Swan Private customers. Check it out today at swan.com private. Also, Swan IRA. Swan IRA is the best way to gain exposure to real Bitcoin in a tax advantage account, like a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, or rolling over your 401k. So if that interests you, check it out at swan.com IRA today. Today, we're going to be focused on Lightning. The Lightning Network is the second layer payment protocol built on Bitcoin, and it continues to grow every single day. Uh, we have two entrepreneurs and builders in the Lightning Network space today. Uh, we have Jesse Schrader, who is the co-founder of Amboss Technologies, and we have Graham Krizik, who is the CEO and founder of Voltage. Um, so both of these guys are working on building out infrastructure as well as analytics for the Lightning Network. And um, I can't wait to have this conversation with them. So welcome both of you guys to the, jo- the show, Jesse and Graham. Yeah, thanks for having us. Excited. Thanks so much, Sam. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think seeing how Lightning has grown over the years, really since 2018, the one thing that I think has really improved is the UX, believe it or not. Um, it, it has become easier for people to run nodes, and you actually see that in the amount of nodes on the network. I think it just it's around 18,000 now. It's just steadily increased over the years. Um, and I think a lot of that is the UX, and you guys are both building um, companies that I think improve the UX for, for users. Um, so I guess I wanted to start, throw it out there. Um, why did you guys decide to start building on the Lightning Network uh, way back, I think, in 2020, 2019, when you maybe guys started to think about this stuff? Yeah, I guess I could, I'll, I'll take that one first. Uh, but like, it really, like, I, so I've been developing in Bitcoin since like 2012. So I've been playing around in the space for a really long time. And I kind of had one of those itches of like, I really want to just like spend, work on this full time. I really want to have like a job in this. And 
you know, when I looked at, okay, what is like, where is Bitcoin going? Where is like the next phase of Bitcoin going to be happening? It was very obviously the Lightning Network. Like it was at the time where it was still very nascent, still being worked on, but it was like, you know, this system to scale it um, into these new uh, new areas that, you know, it previously uh, maybe didn't have as much penetration into. It just seemed like the obvious choice. And it was also um, a very, very interesting problem for me, especially when you think about the ways that you um, around that, that UX problem that you just you just mentioned of when, you know, back in 2019, 2020, it was like, it was amazing that we had any nodes in the network because it was all just like really, really hard to use. It was just like a really yeah. um, convoluted system. Um, and so it's great that we've come a long way. And that's really kind of the problems that I wanted to solve is making it easy to use, but then also like, you know, really driving forward Bitcoin and making it, you know, a better, like improving on it, making, you know, this working on these new layer two systems and all these things. So it was both a, a very interesting for me um, personally. And then also like, as we look to scale Bitcoin, um, it was the very obvious choice that uh, this is something that is going to be incredibly impactful going forward. Definitely. Yeah, for from on my end, uh, I was just falling down the rabbit hole in like 2017, and that's where the initial conversations of the Lightning Network were were really happening. Um, with with all my excitement about Bitcoin, I you know went to attempt to make a couple of purchases with Bitcoin with with on chain Bitcoin, and I ended up paying uh, I think about sixty dollars in fees uh, just for a single uh, Bitcoin transaction, um, and I realized that there is this immense market pressure to get an on-chain transaction and all of this competition it really drives uh it drives the transaction fees to go really high and we, i realized that there needs to be a solution and i was just learning about the lightning network um so starting to play with that in uh, late 2018 early 2019 and really get into node running uh, that's that's where I realized that there's a real solution that's possible with Lightning for scaling Bitcoin. Yeah, so um, you know when the fees spiked up in 2017, uh, you know a lot of people turned to uh, how do we innovate here? How do we make Bitcoin scale? And that kind of led to SegWit, which led to the Lightning Network. And now I see what you guys are building today, and it's just amazing to see the growth. So I would love to just start by like like going through both the companies, like Graham at Voltage, what's your guys' goals? Like, why did you start the company and what do you do to help kind of drive the network adoption uh, with your with the goals of that company? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, Voltage is a full service platform for Bitcoin and Lightning infrastructure. So we do everything from running nodes for customers. We also help in some of the observability and, you know, data, like, decision-making as well as uh, liquidity management. Um, so all of the tools that someone would need to actually incorporate Bitcoin or Lightning into their business and products and services, we essentially help them give them easy APIs to integrate everything. Um, so ultimately, you know, that's what we are trying to solve is making it um, easy to actually adopt this technology. You know, like we were saying, you know, 2019, it was like the only way to use Bitcoin or Lightning was to like you know, build this code from source and um, find like this some spare computer that you have in your closet and like run it that way. Um, it was just like really messy. Um, and so we really took it, um, saw that as a big opportunity to let's make it um, a really nice experience, really give it uh, these companies that are coming and trying to incorporate this technology, give them a very familiar experience to something that you see inside of AWS or DigitalOcean or any of these other, you know, infrastructure providers. We really want to bring that same experience into Bitcoin and Lightning so it's not such a 
weird, um, different experience is very um, familiar for them. And so we really are trying to just scale Bitcoin and Lightning by making it uh, just a familiar experience and really, um, but at the, in the same vein, really keeping a lot of the value propositions of Bitcoin and Lightning by actually, you know, using real, real nodes, real channels, all of these things, not abstracting everything away. So um, making it easy, but also giving them full control and all of the benefits that you actually get from the protocol itself. Gotcha. Yeah. And what about what about you, Jesse? What what kind of like problems did you see with the Light Network that made you want to start a company? Oh, for the one, uh, it was like discoverability. Um, how am I supposed to find other people on the Lightning Network? So like, you know, what Voltage does is like essentially gets people started with with a node. Uh, but but when it comes to actually making the connections that are necessary for for the Lightning Network, a lot of it comes outside of uh, the actual physical infrastructure. Um, like how is your node being run? But it's actually about um, immersing yourself with with the community. Uh, so getting those initial connections that are necessary to make commerce happen, because overall the vision is to you know, turn Bitcoin into a settlement method that's far more efficient than, than anything else out there. So, and it operates without credit and without debt. Uh, and with that comes a lot of complexity when you're dealing with a decentralized network. So this, uh, who are you going to connect to all around the world, uh, AMBOSS helps make that decision making a lot simpler and it helps uh, simplify all the complexity involved with a decentralized credit free network. Mm -hmm. And I'll even like I'll, I'll take a step back because maybe just for any viewers or listeners that are like not familiar with Lightning. So like Lightning is a peer to peer payments network. And so you have to have payment channels established into other nodes on the network to be able to facilitate transactions. And so what Jesse was just mentioning is like, you know, how do you, how do you know who to open up a channel to, to make payments and being able to know, okay, is this person that I'm opening up a channel to gonna do well? Is it well connected into other people to pay through them and all these different things? So it's a very um, unique problem in deciding how do you actually set up yourself to make successful payments? Um, and given, um, you know, Bitcoin layer one is a, a global, you know, public ledger. So everyone it's, it's, you don't have to worry about those things where lightning is a peer to peer payment network. And so you have to find peers to connect to and open up channels into. And so there's a, a much more, it's a unique, um, way of operating compared to what people think about Bitcoin layer one, where it's just, Hey, give me an address and send the payment. Um, it's, it's much different than that. Right. So that's like, so if you're like a business. Um, and you want to access the Lightning Network, you need others to open channels with, uh, giving them some liquidity to work with. Um, or alternatively, you could use a service that allows you the, to kind of buy that liquidity uh, where, where another user opens a channel to you for some kind of fee. Um, and that's why, you know, when I look at Amboss, like, is that kind of magma, the magma marketplace that you guys built to make it easier for, say, like a business to, to find um, like other channels to kind of sell liquidity to essentially to, uh, is that kind of what you guys were trying to build with magma? Because it seems like it's growing pretty fast as well. Yeah. The, the original, uh, purpose was to essentially improve the efficiency of whatever we were doing in like telegram chats to like, say, Hey, like let, uh, open a channel to me, even though, uh, it'll cost you maybe $5 to like actually open a channel. Um, but, recognizing that, you know, depending on the market and what's happening with Bitcoin transaction fees, 
um, it might make sense for me to pay you to to actually make that channel open happen. Because uh, essentially you need to, for if you're running a business um, and you want to receive payments, uh, you need the network to change and, and take some of their Bitcoin out of savings and allocate it in your direction. Um, and that makes you be able to receive payments reliably. Uh, so Magma sets up a marketplace. So if you want to buy a channel from anyone that has a, an offer listed, uh, they they have the pricing. It's it's quite clear. And then you can you can make a purchase of a lighting channel, which overall helps your payments infrastructure instead of uh, you know Visa and Mastercard. Yeah, gotcha. So, I mean, you guys are providing kind of tools um, for individuals who use the Lightning Network as well as infrastructure. Uh, and then there's this term called like Lightning Service Provider um, that kind of provides like liquidity in a way. Are, would you guys consider yourselves Lightning Service Providers or is that like a different term? Like, um, are you how do you guys see that? It, de- it depends on who you ask, frankly. Like, I think that um, the term, like, LSP means different things to different people. Like, some people call that, like, I think the original term was, like, lightning service provider, but it was very focused on providing liquidity of just opening up channels into, like, uh, uh, an app's users. Um, people have kind of broadened that out of, like, anything, like, that touches lightning is a lightning service provider. So, like, a custodial service that has a lightning API is, like, a lightning service provider. So, it's it can depend on who you talk to around what that definition is. But I think that ultimately um, when we think about LSPs, we think about it very much in the liquidity sense, not necessarily the other aspects of it. And so um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different types of LSPs as well. So when you think about um, liquidity service providers, there's like marketplaces like Magma where you, you know, find, find um, a person that maybe fits your needs and you buy a channel from them. There's also more like uh, we have an LSP um, called like flow 2.0 that is around. It's more um, just in time liquidity focused. So we are, we're able to like detect payments um, as they come across our node and automatically open up channels to facilitate uh, payment success. uh, If there's a channel not already established or if it doesn't have enough liquidity. So much more like automated system that's really focused on like mobile wallets and things like that. And so, um, it's, it's, again, it's one of those really, really unique aspects of lightning is there's like, there's multiple types of, you know, it's like liquidity is not a binary thing. There's also different types of liquidity. There's different apps and like the different types of apps need different types of liquidity and things like that. So, um, to answer the question, we do have an LS, when we think about LSP, we think about it very much in the liquidity sense. We do have an LSP. Um, some people may think our whole company is an LSP. Sure. I'll go with that. But, um, I think, you know, there's a there's a lot of uh, unique aspects of the liquidity that we really focus on in terms of like LSP servicing. For sure. Yeah. The, the term is kind of funny, uh, but uh, props to props to Roy Scheinfeld on actually coming up with that LSP concept of a light, a lightning service provider. Um, I, I think, yeah, the, the term, as Graham mentioned, has, has gotten closer to liquidity service provider. So this is where like you're taking your Bitcoin and, and you're allocating it in channels, um, you know, to, to make for, for payments. Uh, but overall, like, you know, does, is Amboss a lightning company? Yes. Uh, do we provide services? Yes. Um, so overall, like people go to our site for, for data analytics, visualizations. Uh, but also to solve that liquidity problem. Um, but, you know, our tool itself, you know, Magma makes it very easy for anyone to become 
uh, a liquidity service provider. Um, so like really uh, providing Bitcoin channels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so essentially there's, we've removed like the barrier to entry uh, for becoming an LSP if, if that's what you want to become. Yeah. And I love the fact that you had like kind of a reputation, um, you know, based marketplace where you can kind of look and see how reliable uh, that node has been to kind of open a channel with. So I always like that uh, component of magma. I think that's cool. Um, But like, so you guys are both kind of working on data analytics too. And I know even like Ambos, did you, do you guys work with Voltage to kind of improve uh, your operations at all too? Like I saw that you guys had like a partnership uh, back in the day or is that still in, in play right now? Um, let's see. So generally like we use Voltage nodes to, to run our infrastructure um, gotcha. and we use those nodes uh, since that that essentially saves us from having to like make an additional um, like development ops higher, which is like phenomenal for a startup. So kind of like what, what Voltage is running is, is in a way kind of like an accelerator for, for startups nice. um, building on Lightning. Uh, however, like we're, we're very focused on being the best data analytics provider um, and, and helping people with the, the complex decision-making that's, that's involved there. Uh, we also build tools into Thunderhub, uh, which is an open source node manager and uh, used as packaged with with Voltage, um, but it's it's on every single uh, node implementation out there, uh, whether it be Raspberry Blitz or Umbral uh, or or Start Nine or even the um, like the the node um, you, you can you can access Thunderhub. Um, gotcha. and be able to uh, very easily use AMBOSS tools and, and pull AMBOSS data uh, because at the end of the day, that's that's the product to help you make decisions. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, I guess touching on that for like from my end too, is like, yeah, we, we, we use uh, a lot of like AMBOSS like tools and services. Um, and we uh, like, we, we have some like, like we have like, I guess uh, some like data like products as well, but it's more focused on like, you know, giving node runners like more of the the viewpoints of like what's happening inside of like their node and just like more operations of just, you know, figuring out what is what is happening, where your payment channels at, all of those things. And it, it couples very, very well with like the AMBOSS data set and being able to actually do, you know, the, the analytics and like more of the, 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 the viewpoints of that are other than just your own. And so um, there's a lot of a uh, lot of collaboration between the two and being able to combine, you know, data sets and combine the tools um, to making it a, a really nice experience for the end user. You know, we think we're all just trying to solve like uh, the, the user experience for people that are trying to adopt, you know, Bitcoin and Lightning. And, you know, I think that the our two tools are very, very complementary and being able to bring those together and being able to really um, provide a great experience for those people that are, are trying to, you know, run nodes or, or operate inside of the Lightning Network. Yeah, because it seemed like years ago you would run a node and it would be really hard to know what was going on. Uh, sometimes, like you, you know, your payment would fail. You'd be like, uh, I don't really know why, or like a channel would go down. Uh, but you guys are both, you know, is that voltage surge, Graham? Like the recent product, like looking at kind of how you can get better visibility into the node, um, and similar to Amboss, like just having more data where you can actually see what the heck is going on uh, when you're working in the Lightning Network. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's that's one of uh, one of the really cool things that I like about the Lightning Network a lot is like there's just there's it's very very data rich. There's just kind of data all over the place, and so I would say there's like kind of two different types of data. One is like uh, inside of the peer to peer network, there's what's called like gossip data. So it's like nodes communicating with other nodes about what's happening. Like, hey, I just opened up a channel so you can route payments through it. I just closed the channel so don't try to route payments through it. Like, you know, here's a new node, all those different kinds of information, um, which is has, you know, tons of information inside of it. And then there's also the 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 flip side of it of more of you know, your own database inside of your node of like, what is your actual local balance? What are your channels? Where do you see um, your list of payments or invoices, all these different things. And so um, Surge is very focused on the more operational side of things. So actually seeing what's happening inside of your node, giving you alerts of if issues happen or if you have low balance or anything like that, um, as well as being able to do like kind of financial, you know, instrumentation, accounting, viewing all those things. So it's very, very focused on the um, on the operational side of running nodes. Um, and then, you know, t t uh, it ties very well into like the more network-based um, data set, which is, you know, a, a lot of what uh, Amboss, like I think focuses on um, and being able to tie those together um, is like, you, you need you need both of those data sets. You need to understand them very, very well. And so we focus on the operation side and then, you know, Amboss is very um, good on like the, the global, the gossip, like all of those, there's more, it's more than just gossip, but, um, you know, all of those kinds of data sets. Uh, yeah, with our like kind of network level focus, um, you know, we, we are pulling in, uh, insights, you know, from data, uh, from, from, uh, node operators that are, you know, pushing us data, uh, on a like minute by minute basis, um, to actually, um, ensure that, you know, their node is, is functioning well, um, and also is able to, you know, be a meaningful part of the, of the network to, to route payments. Um, so there, there is like, you know, some, some overlap between, between the, the products where, you know, like we are helping, uh, helping node operators make decisions, um, which is also a, a product that, that, that surge is, is, is helping with. Um, but overall, uh, like, it's it's good for for people to have you know multiple options about how they're exploring and, and the two aren't mutually exclusive um you know one one decision that that you make uh you know may be influenced by uh you know essentially different people that you talk to um you know uh do you listen to the recommendation from from this side or from beep but it's good to have two options as as a as a consumer of of these tools um, and overall, it's it's essential for for good operations. It's funny that uh, Graham, you said that uh, that there's so much data, but in a way, it feels like there really isn't enough because uh, w because li Lightning is private by design, and you don't have information uh, at the transaction level, and the the balances aren't public for the for the most part. Um, what we have to deal with is kind of like abstracted pieces away. Like, like, what is the capacity of the Lightning Network? Well, nobody cares about what the capacity is because we all want to know how, how many transactions are going through. How capable is this network? Um, but that data isn't out there uh, for for public consumption. It's it's held by individual node operators uh, that you know generally by like default don't share that information. Um, so in order to like help uh, node operators make better decisions. Um, we have to take in uh, quite a bit more data and and have to go kind of 
around uh, around what we would really want to target uh, because the transaction level privacy property of Lightning is so important. And we want to preserve that. Absolutely. I mean, the more tools, the better, in my opinion. Uh, the more easy it is for you know people using the Lightning Network to actually see what they're doing and track uh, all the data of what's happening in their nodes, the better. And so kudos to both of you guys for building tools like that. Um, Jesse, I wanted to pivot to, um, you know, you do get a lot of data probably uh, through Amboss. Um, and you recently announced a new metric. Uh, it was called the Lightning Network Rate, the Liner. And I thought it was fascinating, man. I, you know, for, for years, Nick Batia and others have talked about how there could be this like custody-free, risk-free rate a reference rate that the Lightning Network could enable. Um, and, and here we are years later and you introduced the liner, which sounds a lot like what people have been theorizing for all this time. And so just tell us a little bit about it. Um, I would love to hear more. For sure. The uh, After reading uh, Nick Batia's paper back in like his, his blog back in 2019, um, kind of like about this risk-free rate, um, it was very exciting. And so a couple of years later, we were able to build Magma and kind of realize you know, part of that vision. Uh, so what we get is like pricing data for liquidity. And what that what that turns into is essentially uh, a, a risk-free rate um, for Bitcoin. Or and, and when people say that, they really mean no counterparty risk. Because I don't have to trust the other person that I'm making a channel with, um, it it's a completely different risk spectrum compared to say depositing your Bitcoin in someone else's account that they are managing um, in order for you to get yield. So instead of sending it to a custodial yield product, you can actually improve the utility of Bitcoin um, by, by providing lightning channels. So uh, Magma gives us that pricing data, both uh, what is it costing people to uh, get a new channel and then second, uh, what is the return on investment that I can earn as a yield as a node operator? So uh, we've got we've got two metrics: the liner cost, which is comparable to like what you would pay Visa um, and pay to a centralized network uh, to actually uh, route your payments, or and, and compare it directly to you know what is the decentralized. Uh, metric uh, network cost me uh, to to get that payment liquidity, and then second we've got the the liner yield metric, which which shows you know as a network operator um, how much can you earn off of your Bitcoin um, without ever giving up custody, and we're seeing that yield metric uh, approach two percent um, even amidst uh, very high fees on Bitcoin itself. Uh, that liquidity is becoming more valuable, and and people are also willing to pay a higher price for it uh, because they see Lightning as essential for the Bitcoin economy going forward. Hmm. Graham, did you have any thoughts about Liner? Just curious. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm similarly as excited as you are, Sam, on on it. I think it's a I think it's awesome. I think it's great. The you know when you know, we talk about data, like just you know a second ago, and I think that there's. Um, some of it's really, really hard to parse and like kind of understand and like what is good, what is bad, all of these things. So I think that the more that we can do to kind of have a, you know, a singular metric or you know, a you know, group of metrics that really kind of help us define 
um, and understand all the various amounts of data, I think that it's great. I think it's something that um, is going to be very helpful as we see. We've seen definitely an increase in people looking for Lightning as a, a yield generation mechanism and trying to understand, okay, what is the opportunity here? How would we do it? All of those things. And I think that the more that we can do to make that understood and and give them kind of things to point to and here's here's how you would quantify it here's how you would do it all of these things so it's, it's incredibly helpful in those conversations and so i think it's definitely something that we will be leveraging um inside of voltage and i think that um it's, it's something i'm i'm excited about and definitely going to be tracking yeah i feel like by having like a, a lightning benchmark rate available users can now understand the return on investment for providing liquidity to the network and the opportunity cost for not doing so. And so like this liner metric, like enterprises can now make direct comparisons between the liner cost and traditional payment card fees and processors. And and um, obviously like Jesse, you were talking about how the difference there is pretty high. And then there's also no chargeback risk, right? Right. Uh, so it works out better for merchants uh, just because of how uh, Lightning operates, um, but it really gives, um, a much clearer insight that to show that a rational actor uh, would put their Bitcoin on the Lightning Network if they can earn, uh, you know, one to two percent yield on that Bitcoin without introducing um, additional custodial risk or or trust within the system. Um, the tr the risk that you do introduce is that you have to run your own hardware, um, and if you're uh, if you're not comfortable managing that hardware. This is where you would you would go to voltage. But but people uh, are using Liner to actually set their pricing for how to operate as as a Lightning service provider. So um, if they want to like become a professionalized LSP and start deploying liquidity, uh, they may look to Liner to figure out well. How much should I charge? Um, which is a huge problem for uh, actually like enterprises or or businesses starting up. Uh, they want to know like how much they can reliably earn off of this uh, off of this new network. So it really communicates to traditional finance people, um, like people outside of Bitcoin. Like, oh, should I start uh, deploying capital into Bitcoin and then start setting up this new infrastructure? Um, I don't know if you've meant. Uh, notice this, Graham, but I, I feel like half of our efforts are focused on like uh, growing within Bitcoin and then uh, another part are growing outside of Bitcoin um, and and kind of like growing the, the network. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, we we see similar things. I mean, there's still um, so much to do and service inside of just, you know, the Bitcoin space, Bitcoin companies, like all of these things. But then there's also um, there's also a huge amount of people that we see are that are outside the Bitcoin space, maybe traditional fintech companies or things like that, that are interested in learning more about Bitcoin and Lightning. You know, they hear it's this, you know, fantastic payment system that can, you know, go near zero fees and have instant settlement, all these things. And they're like, cool, like, how do I get a part of that? And like, they're, you know, it's, they're, they're early in their journey, but they're very, very interested in understanding that. And so um, there's a huge amount of opportunity in growing in both of, you know, inside Bitcoin, outside of Bitcoin. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's a, there's a lot, lot more to go um, in that, which is super exciting. I mean, there's always, always things to solve. Um, and so, yes, I, I totally agree. There's, huge amounts of um, you know, growth happening both inside and outside. Yeah. And like with liner, like we're seeing that now businesses can 
cut the cost of credit card settlement by switching to the Lightning Network, they can actually objectively kind of see that difference. And Graham, you wrote a really good thread and a a Medium post saying every company will eventually be using Lightning. And I thought it was a fantastic read. So maybe go into your thesis there. Like, why do you think every single company is eventually going to be using the Lightning Network? Yeah, no, definitely. That's um, so I kind of built off of um, there's a post or a, it was a presentation from um, Angela Strange, who was like with Andreessen Horowitz. It was like several years ago. And her she had a whole presentation around her. The title of it was like every company will be a fintech company. Um, and it was very centered around um, the kind of more and more service, more and more companies are going to be adding financial services into their applications, like Uber adding, like, you know, you can have a balance in your Uber and like you actually pay for things via Uber, you know, and it's, um, it's a, it's a rideshare app, but it actually has financial services built into it. And there's more and more s- services that are eventually, you know, no one really likes their bank. No one enjoys the bank, their bank that they use for the most part. And so people are going to be searching for more and more ways of, uh, incorporating finance into their applications and services. So that was the original post. I took it a step further and said every company will be a lightning company because if we are doing this financial, uh, this move to more financialization of applications, there is no better system in the world than the lightning network to facilitate that kind of transactions. With the you know the, the global reach of the lightning network, the near zero fees, the instant settlement, all these benefits of lightning enable it to be um, the best choice for companies as they're looking to increase the the fintech aspects of their application. So um, when we when I really took a step back and thought like, you know, I agree with the sentiment of, you know, this financialization move. Um, and then if we think about, okay, what what are the op- options out there for facilitating this? Lightning is the the clear the clear choice. You know, maybe it doesn't ever everyone doesn't see that today, but I think that as we develop out the network and more and more adoption happens, I think it's going to be the clear choice as we start to embed more payments into more applications and ultimately just the internet. There is no better system out there than Lightning for those kinds of payments. And so that's essentially the the thesis of the paper that I wrote. Yeah, I thought it was a great read. And maybe we can just break down for the listeners. Like if you if you guys are speaking to a merchant or business What's your lightning pitch to them? Like, why would they change from traditional payment processors um, or different payment or traditional payment networks to use the lightning network? What are some like your bullet points that you always hit? I can throw it to either mm-hmm. one of you guys. I guess I'll I'll just I'll just touch on them real quick, Jesse, and then I'll let you uh, fill it in. But I guess like so, one is like globalization. So like you can you know a lightning invoice can be paid by anyone in the world. Like there is no like oh I have you know boulevards I need dollars like that kind of thing. There's no currency conversion. Lightning is global, and that's just that's just how the network works. And so I think that that is one big aspect is being able to serve a broader audience inside of whatever you're doing. Um, and then also, you know, the no chargebacks is a big deal. You know, the, I, I can't remember the exact figure on like, you know, how much, how much, how much value is, uh, lost to chargebacks, um, over, over a year, but it's significant. There's chargebacks are no fun. No one ever likes to deal with those. And so being able to just completely eliminate that with simply implementing lightning is a huge, huge value add. Um, and then additionally, the, the ability to have complete control over your business and what you're doing, because we see people getting cut off from Stripe or any other payment provider if they don't, if you don't, you know, apply, uh, comply with their terms and services or if they, 
they have you know some random thing where they just have a new system, whatever. Like you can just kind of shut you off for any reason. And you, by implementing Bitcoin and Lightning, you have complete control over your business at all times. This is something where you know during the the SVB uh, collapse, you know something that I felt very very good about. I felt. I felt good knowing that I won accept Bitcoin for my products and services. We weren't affected by that. But if we were, we can still accept our payments just the same as we do today. And then two, we hold Bitcoin on our balance sheet. If we had funds tied up in a bank account that um, was under some distress like that, we still have the ability to pay our, our employees. We can still operate our business because we hold Bitcoin and we hold it with our, we hold the keys. We have complete control over it. And so I think the ability to actually have, 100% ownership and control over your business um, and not be so beholden to the providers that you're using is also a really big deal. So I can continue on that list, but I'll stop with those bullet points that Jesse can have a say too. Yeah, uh, Lightning pretty much sells itself as far as the, the technology goes. Um, I mean, certainly for you know protecting the privacy of your, your customer base, um, like I've got a couple of stories on that front. Uh, one was uh, the the target data breach, um, where essentially all of their customer data from like two years of you know, who was using a debit card at Target um, that was leaked. You know because they had some security issue with an HVAC contractor that they had hired, and you know so the hacker was able to like get in and get access to all of their payments data, um, which which is a huge risk for um, not only for your customers. But also for you as a business, uh, because you're you're on the hook uh, to compensate those those people if they decide to file a lawsuit. Um, so one on the privacy aspect, uh, two on just safety and security. Um, essentially, because you can secure your Bitcoin um, with with words in your head um, or uh, encrypted on on your phone or through through a, another device, um, it's it's a much, it's much harder for someone to try to steal your money from you. Um, whether you're talking to, to folks in, in El Salvador, um, that are like, uh, formerly concerned about, uh, like gangs and, and cartels and such. Um, but also, uh, simply from like cash management. Um, if you're dealing in the, in the marijuana industry, for example, um, I was I was blown away um, from like going to college in in Humboldt County where it's like marijuana capital of the world and uh, because uh, this entire industry was was unbanked or certainly underbanked uh, they were dealing in just massive amounts of cash um, and like trying to do payroll on a monthly basis to all of your staff is like a crazy operation where you really have to be thinking about security um, so. So that's one piece. Bitcoin answers that extremely well. Um, and then on the cost of commerce side, uh, Lightning and Liner are really showing that that cost of commerce is being brought down by this new disruptive technology with final settlement um, and yeah. tying it back to the, the chargeback risk that Graham mentioned. Yeah, those are all like amazing uh, benefits to kind of transferring over your operations to the Lightning Network. Um, so what are some hurdles right now for, for merchants still that you guys are still trying to address um, that's maybe stopping them from accessing this, this amazing technology that's obviously a step, um, a step improvement from the options that they currently have? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that we there's there's a couple that we see that we're kind of like actively trying to solve, and one is just like there's still like Lightning is still a different payment system than you know the visas or whatever, and so there's still some education that's needed on like how it works, why you know why it's important, how, how to how to use it, how to incorporate it. So there's a lot of education that still needs to happen. Um, and really, uh, educating our users on just more of, you know, what, how to do it, why is it important, all of those things. So I think there's a lot of education that still needs to happen there. Um, and then also, uh, we see a lot of, um, there's a lot of, we're working on like the UX of it, of actually, you know, operating nodes, getting liquidity, sourcing it, all those things. So it could be much more plug and play than it, than it has been, um, to date. So I think that there's still, um, I think education and, and continuing to button up the UX, I think, is, is is a big one. And then finally, we hear a lot of people that, you know, don't want the volatility um, risk of Bitcoin, of like holding Bitcoin. And you're, you know, you have you're exposed, like, you know, the ups and downs and all of those things. Um, and so if you're a business that's not fully 100 percent operating on Bitcoin, you know, that's probably something that you're, you're thinking about. And so um, there are some solutions, whether it's on off ramps or like uh, stable coins via like Taro and things like that. So there's some solutions probably coming down the line and to fix that. Um, but those are some of the things that we see initially. It's huge. It's a, it's a big question. Uh, like what's, what's holding back merchants. Um, and part of it is, you know, it's a bit of a chicken and egg problem. Um, if you make the investment to change as a merchant, uh, like you're going to have to educate your, your staff, you're going to have to educate yourself on actually receiving these payments. Um, now, to take on that additional spend, uh, you want to be sur- sure that the the customers are there, that they're actually going to be using this new technology. And that's still an, an open question: Are people going to spend their spend their uh, Lightning balance? Are are people going to spend their Bitcoin um, at your store? And that's a big question. Um, like what I can tell just from the difference between like credit cards and, and uh, lightning payments is like, I'm paying a lot more to receive payments as uh, someone that receives credit card payments. Um, there's, there's risks involved and like I pay that to visa. Whereas instead, you know, I can pay to a, a decentralized network to like prepare this infrastructure for me, but on the customer side, I need to see a discount. Um, and so what do I, what do I have to play with? Um, because like for, for Visa and MasterCard, you know, you're going to get cash back. Um, but like, what are you getting for, for lightning? Um, and it's really pushing businesses to think, um, how much of a discount am I willing to give on the, the Bitcoin side of things? Um, since I don't have to deal with all the, the fees, um, and what can I give back to the, the customer to incentivize them to spend their Bitcoin and to make my investment worth it. Makes a lot of sense. Kind of goes back to like this, like orderliness of Bitcoin adoption where, you know, we're in this like store of value or aspiring store of value stage. And some, in some regions, people are absolutely using this as a medium of exchange. Um, but, you know, for the most part in the Western developed countries, it's in the aspiring store of value um, and as that kind of continues, people more and more are going to start to use it as a medium of exchange. So how do we get people to actually use their Bitcoin savings? I mean, it's a big question so that you raise. And um, um, But, you know, it seems like 
the trend is is clear that there is more merchant adoption. There's companies coming out of the woodwork, um, starting to integrate with Lightning. And um, Voltage just partnered with Google Cloud, uh, which is huge news. So congratulations, Graham. I, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um the what we've been doing with Google Cloud is a couple. It's it's a couple different things. In that one, I mean, we're we're leveraging Google Cloud to go more global in our operations. So as we work with larger organizations, there's specific requirements on you know having nodes operating on a specific cloud provider or in a specific location of like you know in the nodes running in the UK or in Asia or a specific location. So we are leveraging Google to go um, to expand operations more globally. Um, and then additionally, we're working with you know Google Cloud on being um, sort of their go-to, you know, Bitcoin and Lightning team inside of, uh, they set up like a, a blockchain node engine. Um, and so we're kind of servicing customers that are interested in Bitcoin through that, as well as uh, being a provider in their Web3 accelerator. So um, organizations that are going through um, Google Cloud uh, to, you know, create Web3 products and services, um, we're uh, a Bitcoin and Lightning um, exclusive provider for that as well. So it's really, um, you know, working both in us, uh, uh, enabling us to expand more globally and, and serving more um, Lightning Network uh, users across the world, as well as um, being a go-to provider for, for Google Cloud and um, their customers that are looking to deploy um, Bitcoin and Lightning services as well. So, um, you know, it's been great to work with them and they're very excited about, um, you know, broadening out the, the scope of Bitcoin um, services into adding more Lightning. Um, and so I think it'll be uh, really exciting to see that continue to grow. Absolutely. I mean, it's Google, so that's it's pretty big news. And um, what was that? I mean, just I do, I'd love to hear just more about like those conversations. So what was like the level of their, you know, Bitcoin and Lightning uh, like education and how excited were they? Like, were they just like, did they approach you or did you guys approach them? Like, I, I would just love to hear a little bit more details if you can. Yeah, I mean, like, it's ultimately, you know, we, we've actually been talking about this for a long time. Um, it just took some, it, it was really just engineering efforts to get everything over the line. And so um, ultimately, you know, they're excited, like they're, I would call Google Cloud as one of the most, um, like, crypto friendly uh, cloud providers out there. And so they're, they're very interested in supporting um, as much things as they can. And so uh, they're, they're very interested in, you know, working with the Bitcoin and Lightning ecosystem. Um, and so overall, you know, they, they were definitely excited, um, certainly wanted, you know, to get involved and, and start working with, uh, with us and, you know, other providers in the space. So, um, all in all, like, you know, they're, they're definitely excited and they're not just, um, I wouldn't call them, you know, just doing it, um, at face value, just to have another like product in their, you know, in their, their platform, um, but are very interested in like, you know, the ethos that go along with, you know, Bitcoin and lightning and actually bringing the technology to more people. So that, that was really positive to see. Absolutely. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah, I wanted to finish off like just throwing out a question. Um, you know, what do you guys think like the next one year, five years look like for the Lightning Network and for Bitcoin? Like, what are you excited about, and how do you think things are going to kind of play out? Um, I, I look at the ecosystem, and just in the last two years, it's just it seems to exploded with with entrepreneurs and different services and tools. And you guys are both a part of that. Um, so when you guys look out ahead in the short to medium term, um, what are you guys getting excited about? And how do you think it's all going to play out next? I'll throw it to Jesse. Yeah, uh, well, we already saw an early indicator of uh, how this next phase is is going to be like the lightning phase. Um, we, we already went through like all the, all the crypto solutions. Um, and now it's, 
like we've gone through all the the tokenomics, DeFi, Web three stuff, um, but really uh, the where the value accrues is Lightning. Um, whereas like you know we we might not have like the the tokenomics uh, big whole like numbers going absolutely wild, getting a whole bunch of attention. But what we do have is is network infrastructure, and that has been built out slowly over a long period of time. Um, and it's uh, easy to uh, kind of underestimate uh, what what Lightning Network is doing because this is a network that is growing at thirty eight percent year over year, whereas Visa is growing at you know uh, like overall digital payments are growing at five percent per year. Um, so this is truly explosive growth on on that scale. Um, and what we're watching is enterprise players getting into lightning uh one attending the microstrategy conference and how they're using lightning payments to actually facilitate positive behaviors from their employees which is wild i mean people want to show up to the meetings on time to get their little sat bonus um okay that's an incredible use case as well as uh binance realizing that oh we should have integrated uh lightning network a long time ago to really save on the, the fees that uh, we may uh, pay in the future. Um, I don't think they were prepared for ordinals inscriptions and all the BRC20 things that cause Bitcoin transaction fees to go way up. Um, so I think this next phase is is going into how like Lightning is an enterprise solution um, that, that will be the, the rails of, of payments in the future. Yeah, definitely. No, I think that um, we're we're certainly seeing a lot of interest um, in Bitcoin and Lightning, like from you know traditional players that you, maybe you wouldn't expect um, or haven't been involved so far. So I think as we look at you know the current state of Web three or whatever you want to call it is like very shaky or very unknown in terms of like things that are SEC are doing and all these different things. And I think that um, overall people are. Um, understand that the technology that we have here is like not something that's going to go away. Like it's, it's, it's very important and it is, um, having a positive impact. And then when they think about applying it, well, there's, we see a lot of people that are, um, coming to Bitcoin first because they just, it's, they, they see it as the safest bet, which it is amongst all the others. And so there definitely is a large amount of people that are interested in joining this ecosystem that are not active players yet. And so I think that that will, um, be coming over the next, you know, 12 to 18 months, which is very, very exciting. And then additionally, you know, everything that Jesse said around, like, you know, we do see, um, value accruing inside of lightning. And I think that there's, there's also the whole, um, issue of lightning and like the, the gossip data and things like that of, uh, it's only a small subset of like what's actually happening in the network. Like, you know, the, the viewpoints of the channel capacity, number of channels, number of nodes, is only that's only the ones that people are okay talking about basically like there's this whole other um you don't have to announce your payment channels you don't have to announce your nodes um all these things and so there's a whole separate uh hidden if you will uh section of the lightning network that is um you know growing substantially and you know when we think about things like binance and whatnot um there we see more and more people not necessarily deploying it in you know the standard way of like just opening up for everyone to open up channels to and having like everything public so I would say that there's a whole section of, of the Lightning Network that is that is more private, and we're only going to really find out about it once like a company announces, you know, hey, we're using this in a certain way. And so I think that um, 
we're going to see some really bullish news over you know over the next you know twelve to eighteen months around that, and I think that it'll um, it'll really drive um, adoption even further as people. Uh, we have just validation checks around along the way of like, you know, a certain organizations um, using it just like BlackRock entering like the ETF game and things like that. Um, really just validation points on like, you know, this is not going away. We're actually increasing number of users and capacity to all of these things. And so um, I think that it's all going to um, continue over the next, you know, several years. I agree. Um, the last thing I, I just wanted to ask your guys opinion about was, you know, the Arc made a lot of noise. Uh, Arc is a, another protocol that basically is, a, you know, basically a white paper right now. Um, but it was announced at Bitcoin Miami, um, and it was basically just another way, another payment protocol built on top of Bitcoin, just a little bit different way to do things than the Lightning Network. And I'm wondering if, like, you, like, Jesse, you talked about how there's so much infrastructure now, Lightning infrastructure developers. And to me, it's like, has, is the network effect of Lightning, um, is that like strong enough to, you know, is another protocol even going to be able to compete at this point? Because it seems like it, it's gathered a lot of momentum. Um, but And then I think about, well, could there be like multiple protocols with different use cases? And maybe they could even be interoperable with one another. And it just got me thinking about how this could all play out if there is these other protocols that offer different trade-offs. And um, how do you guys see, uh, like, what was your reaction to the ARC announcement and um, how do you guys see that whole thing playing out in terms of like different payment protocols being built on bitcoin yeah first first reaction uh if i'm gonna be honest is um well one i don't understand it i don't get it um it and it, there's gonna be like lots of lots of learning that needs to happen um after like diving in um like there are there are some some major engineering questions uh that it that it raises um about you know, what, you know, the whole thing is about trade-offs. How are you going to design this protocol so that it, that it works and that it helps to scale Bitcoin? Um, and uh, it's it's still very early days um, in the development of, of this protocol, um, but it is exciting. Um, and I, I think we will see more layer two proposals. Um, I'm, but the, the network effect of Lightning is is quite substantial um where you have the the whole incentive structure uh to like get you to join the network is already clear um and we, we've we've published this with liner um to actually show the the opportunity size um in lightning to to try and capture some of that that value and and further the the network adoption hmm. yeah no i think um I think similarly, like it's, uh, it is early in seeing, you know, the actual like reach and things that it can do. Um, but ultimately, I think that I'm kind of of the opinion of, I think that Bitcoin scaling is going to be done in different ways. And depending on geography, like fediments, you know, might be, you know, really popular in like some parts of Africa, um, which is, you know, and then, you know, maybe ARC is serving a different, you know, population that we don't even really know yet. And then, you know, Lightning is, you know, servicing US and Europe or something like that. Like who knows? But ultimately all of these like Fediments and Lightning are interoperable, Arc and Lightning are interoperable. I don't think that um, one is gonna, I think Lightning will dominate the majority of them, but I think there's gonna be others that exist and they're all gonna be interoperable and like, they'll be fine. They'll be servicing probably different use cases and things like that. So um, I think that ultimately uh, I'm, in, I'm interested to, you know, watch and see how things progress. I think it'll be very interesting. Um, from the protocol standpoint. And then ultimately, I don't think that, 
I think Lightning definitely has like uh, you know the stronghold as far as you know the the most popular layer two, but I think that all of these other ones will exist, but they will exist and be very very collaborative with Lightning. So I don't think it's going to be um, you know one is defeating the other or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, and competition's a good thing, right? Uh, it pushes uh, everyone to be better. So um, and if they're you can inter- if they're interoperable, that's that's even more exciting. <laughs> Who, who knows? Yeah. Uh, what, yeah, this is a whole ecosystem that could be developed. Um, well, guys, we're running out of time, so uh, this was a really great conversation. Um, I am a big fan of what you guys are both building at both of your companies. I think it's really important to help improve the user experience when using the Lightning, and I think both Amboss and Voltage helps uh, drive Lightning adoption forward in that way. So, thanks for coming on the show. Um, if, if people want to find your work or follow you guys. Um, why don't you let them know where to find you and learn more about either your companies or, or yourselves personally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can sh- follow along. Go uh, ahead, Jesse. <laughs> you, go first. you can follow along at, uh, at Amboss Tech on uh, Twitter, and our website is amboss.space. Awesome. Yeah. And my, uh, my Twitter handle is G Krizik. So it's G K R I Z E K. Um, our company is voltage.cloud. Um, and then our Twitter handle is voltage underscore cloud. So definitely reach out. I'm happy to ha- happy to help or chat about lightning. Yeah. Well, Jesse Graham, uh, thanks again for coming on and, uh, thanks for building, uh, keep building in this bear market. And I'm excited to see what you guys keep uh, delivering and executing and bringing to the market. So, um, thanks for coming on the show and have a wonderful day. If you care about your financial future, you need to check out a couple of our offerings, including Swan IRA and Swan Private. Swan Private is our white glove concierge service where you get a trusted partner on your Bitcoin journey. We offer all kinds of education and research projects, as well as exclusive events to our Swan Private customers. Check it out today at swan.com private. Also, Swan IRA. Swan IRA is the best way to gain exposure to real Bitcoin in a tax advantage account, like a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, or rolling over your 401k. So if that interests you, check it out at swan.com slash IRA today.